through, it's such an awkward time of their life. You're trying to figure out who you are. You've got friendships that are <clears throat> a lot of times a disaster. Uh, boyfriend, girlfriend, dating relationships that often cause a lot of hurt. There's uh, anxiety about future plans, career, college, uh, finances, how I'm going to make it. Does this resonate with any of you guys? This is like high school can be a hot mess. And uh, I realized that just because you graduate from high school, you don't graduate from those anxieties. Like, you guys are probably experiencing a lot of those same burdens, questions, anxieties, as you think about career and work and finances. Life is a challenge. Life is always going to be a challenge. And if you've been sold this idea that life is going to be easy or that there's an easy path, you've bought into something that is not reality. Life is a challenge. And when you graduate into the next season of life, and some of you might be young parents, and you're like, oh man, I thought it was hard that last season. And now just uh, baby formula and diapers and watching after kidding and, and not getting enough sleep and doctor's appointments, and you feel like maybe the next 20 years of your life you're running your kids around from school to sporting events to doctor's appointments and piano lessons, and sounds great, right? It's amazing. It's a challenge. Whether you're single, whether you're dating, whether you're married, whether you're parenting, finances, friendship, family, all of those things present challenges, and that's, that's without even adding sin into the equation. It's if everything is okay. Those things are challenging. Now you add your own sin, how you make, you break things, you break relationships, chase after the wrong thing, you make foolish decisions, and, you, and then also you live in a community with people that have sin and break things and hurt you, and life is a challenge. I don't say that because I'm like giving you some news. Like you know that. I'm just acknowledging. We all know that. Can you shake your head if you're like, yeah, life is a challenge. In dealing with those challenges, it's really important. There's three things that I think we naturally do that I would say, like, we're going to start the conversation by saying, don't, don't do this when dealing with challenges. And the first one is this, avoid, okay? So if you look at Matthew 7, 13, I think Aiden has it in the back. There you go. Um, you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad, and its gate is wide. There's many people who choose that way. Verse 14, and I don't think I gave it to Aiden, it says the, the path that leads to life is difficult, and very few are on it. Matthew 7, 13 through 14 says this, if we just try and avoid difficulty, we will end up on the highway that appears to be smooth and everybody is going on it. And the reality is, Jesus said, that path is leading to chaos, disorder, judgment, death, hell. That is the highway to hell. And so at the very beginning, we got to say, like, we don't choose uh, the easy path. The path to life, Jesus says, is a challenge. It's difficult. So number one, we don't, we don't avoid challenges. We face challenges. Number two is in it, there's a temptation for us to just kind of go through life thinking like, well, what do I want to do? I'm trying to like navigate how to parent. Well, how do I want to parent? I'm trying to navigate my relationship with my wife or my career. And a lot of times we're just relying on our desires and, and we have a culture that's telling us, follow your heart. And the reality is, Jesus again, now this is uh, Matthew 6, says that our desires are going to chase after our treasure. Okay? But he says you can put your treasure in the wrong place and actually like place your treasure on earth and your desires are actually leading you further away from God. Wherever your treasure is, there your desires of your heart will also be. I can't trust. I think, number one, we have to be like skeptical of our heart's desires because our heart will always go after our treasure, what we treasure most. And Jesus himself said, well, the biggest thing is that is going to compete for the treasure of our heart is going to be money. You can't serve God and money. So we have to be skeptical. We can't just go through life chasing our desires. That can lead us away from God. And the last one is, is in dealing with challenges, a lot of times we go first 
to influencers. Now, I don't just mean social media influencers. I just mean people that speak into your life. This could be a coach, this could be a teacher, this could be a parent, this could be a group of friends, or it could be the influencer that you follow on social media. And I see a lot of times young parents are following this cute young gal who's got great style, she's got good outfits, she's pretty, and she's teaching people about parenting. And I'm like, how old is, how old is her kids? How much wisdom does this attractive woman have? And we're kind of following her and, and, and like navigating the challenges of parenthood uh, from a source that I would say is not wise, okay? And Jesus said this, in Matthew 7, again, in the, in the same kind of sermon, he says, beware of false prophets. And you're like, whoa, is the influencer a, a false prophet? If you understand in the biblical times, prophets, were the peop- they were the influencers. You want to know what God wants? You want to know what the right thing to do is? You go to the prophets. So in our day and age, we don't you know, broadcast this kind of prophecy We have influencers that are telling us how to live our lives. And Jesus says, you have to be aware of who you're listening to. Beware of the false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep, but are really vicious wolves. Um, Jesus sees deception and leading you down a wrong path as vicious and cruel and dangerous to those of us that he loves. Okay, so we're just going to start with the do nots. There's three. Don't avoid challenges. You face those challenges. Don't follow your desires in your heart. You've got to be skeptical of your heart. And the last thing is you have to be careful of who you're letting listen and speak wisdom into your life. Okay, so let's do the do's. Facing these challenges, here's the do's. There's only one. Follow Jesus. Okay? There's one do when facing challenges, and that's follow Jesus. Now, I said at the beginning this word Shema. When I say follow, I want you to think I don't, I'm not just writing down notes and knowing the right answers. Following is Shema. I'm listening and I'm obeying. Jesus said his call to the disciples was this come follow me. He, he's not come believe in me like believe in Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny or do you believe this is true? It's come actually, come follow me is the call that Jesus gave to his disciples. It's the call that he gives us. So to follow Jesus, we have to know this is the invitation. He says, I have come that they might have life and life to the fullest. This is John 10.10. Now, I don't know if you guys ever feel this way, but I became a Christian as a a junior hire. So it's very like mustard seed faith. I heard the cross, I understood that I had sinned and I had given my life to Christ. I believed that he rose from the dead and that was like mustard seed. I wasn't really raised in a Christian family so I didn't have a lot of like theology or understanding of who God was. But one thing that I thought, and I don't know where this thought came from, was I'm going to live, we didn't say basic back then, what would we say? I'm gonna live the most lame life imaginable because Jesus deserves it, because he died on that cross for me. It's like, I'm going to say no to all the good stuff, and I'm going to have to do this thing called Christianity and suffer, but he's worth it, because he suffered for me. Does anyone ever feel that way? Like, in that equation, in my mind, the good stuff, the fullest life was what? Sin, right? The full life is over there. All my friends are living the full life, and it's like, dang, I can't do that because I want to go to heaven. Jesus died on the cross for my sins. He made a way for me, and I'm paying him back. I'm saying thank you. So I'm not going to live that full life. I'm going to live this basic, lame, boring life. I thought that. Jesus in in 10.10 says this. In John 10.10, he says, I have come to bring you life. You follow him and he will bring you into life and he says, the fullest life. So whatever that lie is, that sin is the full life, we have to just like say that is a lie from Satan. Jesus, the good shepherd, says just follow my voice, Shema. 
through your challenges, whatever you guys are going through, whatever you're offering up in your burdens and cares, whatever that thing is, Jesus today is telling you, just listen to my voice. He's going to teach us how to hear his voice, and we need to shema. And if we shema through the challenges of our life, he says the pasture he's taking us to, he calls the fullest life. We've got to understand that. All right. Under follow Jesus, I got this. First of all, when we say follow Jesus, we're saying don't follow a stranger. In, in John 10.10, 10, uh, Jesus describes a sh- uh, the imagery of a shepherd. And any shepherds in here? You, is it Jesse? Mm-hmm. Weren't you a shepherd? No. Okay. I've never met a shepherd. She's like, excuse me? Uh, so I'm guessing no shepherds in here. All right, so when I went to Israel, I learned a lot about shepherding. There was this like uh, stone fence, stone wall, and it had an opening, and they described to us that like this huge field that was out there. They would bring all, all of the different like shepherds had their little flock, and they would all bring them into the, sh- in the same pen, and they would, that's where they would sleep. And somebody, one of the shepherds would sleep at the gate, right? And then all the rest of them would camp out in the grotto. It's like this little cave. And uh, Jesus uses this imagery and he says, the shepherd comes through the gate and he actually like speaks his voice and his sheep, out of all the sheep in this pen, like I go, let's go. And my sheep stand up and come to me and follow and all the rest stay there until their shepherd comes in, and I don't have another call. Anyone got a great sheep call? Chris, you got a great sheep call? I don't have a good sheep call. Okay. All right, they hear sheep. (laughs) They hear Chris's voice, and his sheep are like, there's our guy, and they go. They will not follow another sheep, okay? This is, I think that was a a bird. (laughs) I think it's more of a, no, that's not it. There you go. Not bad. Not bad. That was clever. All right, we're getting, we're getting participation now. Anyone else? Sheep call? Give it to me. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, don't follow a stranger. Jesus said there are, sh- there are people that climb over the walls, that don't go through the gate. And he says those people are thieves and robbers. And they are not going to take you to a good life. They came to steal, kill, and destroy. They came on a different mission. They're not your shepherd. But Jesus says, follow me. And my sheep, when they hear my voice, they will follow me. I will walk ahead of them, and they will follow me, and I will take them to the fullest life. This is the picture of John 10. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. Now, one of my favorite psalms, do we have Psalm 32, Aiden? One of my favorite psalms, and if you're ever struggling with sin and you feel the weight of sin, Psalm 32 is a psalm when David uh, messed up, um, cheated on his wife, committed adultery, got her pregnant, just a, a massive moral failure, and he's got this psalm that he wrote, 32. He talks about confessing his sin, And he says this, now the Lord says to me, I will guide you along the best pathway of your life. He says, follow me. I will take you to the good life. I'll advise you. I will watch over you. Now, don't be like a horse or a mule their brains aren't like human brains, right? They don't have understanding. They need a bit or a bridle put in their mouth to keep them close and under control. Don't be like that. You have understanding. I'm gonna advise you, I'm gonna counsel you, and you stay with me and I will teach you. Many are the sorrows of the wicked. But if you stick with me, I have steadfast love. That means unfailing love. It means it never falters. It never decreases. 
It never ends. Your shepherd will love you as he takes you to new life. Many are the sorrows of the wicked, but unfailing love surrounds the one who trusts. Here's my question tonight. Before we even learn to hear his voice, if you can hear his voice and not obey. Church people, people that you, those of you that have grown up in the church, you've been here a while. You can know what Jesus says and not obey, right? The one who trusts the Lord says like, I don't know, it doesn't seem right. It feels like that's not the best. It goes against my desires, but I trust you. You have wisdom and that you have unfailing love. You're gonna take me to new life, to the best life. Do you trust the good shepherd? I'm gonna read Psalm 23 with you guys. If you have the scriptures, you can turn there. I, don't, I think it's too long for us to put um, up for you. David was a shepherd and he became a king and his whole life was challenges. This dude's life was constantly threatened. And this is what he says. Psalm 23, I just went to the wrong psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk now through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup is overflowing. Surely, goodness and mercy, surely your goodness and love will follow me. Surely your goodness and your love will follow me. All the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And I read that with some of our staff this morning. We read Psalm 23 together, and I just said, like, what's, what is the feeling? Does that feel anxious to you? Does that feel rest? It makes me lie down by still waters, green pastures. It prepares a table for me. In the, in the midst of the sheep in the, in the pasture and you got mountain lions, the enemies, the predators around. David has predators and challenges surrounding all of them. And he says, the Lord is like a shepherd to me. I see the predators, I see the threats and I see the challenges, but my heart is at rest right now because I trust, I shema. I'm just gonna listen to his voice and I'm gonna obey the shepherd. How do we do it? In a sea of voices that are telling you how to live and what to do, how to dress, where to invest your money, what's cool, what's not cool, how to think about politics, how do we recognize his voice? Okay, so I have the privilege of leading youth ministry with some kids who I grew up with their parents, okay? So I'm trying to think if there's anyone in here that I... Um, no one in here. Okay. So is Chloe in here? Chloe's not here tonight, is she? Okay. So there are some times where these kids will do something, and I'll be like, oh my gosh, that was your dad. Like, I just flashed back to college, and what you just did is exactly like your dad. Have you guys ever had that experience with family? You're like your cousins, you're like, oh my gosh, that was just like Uncle Dave, right? Um, in, what's that? Uncle Dave. She, do you have Uncle Dave? Yeah, I know her Uncle Dave. Yeah. Um, you should talk to each other before. You should learn about each other's lives. Uh, recognize, okay, so we're going to recognize his voice, and there are times when people say something, and it's not like, oh my gosh, that was just like your dad. You say something, and I go, that sounded just like Jesus. Like what you said right there, I sometimes get chills, like Jesus is here with us. 
because that's what he says, and you just said it. Now, I'm going to give you a silly example, but Kendrick and I and Mark were uh, taking a prayer walk, and we're like, okay, uh, an hour into this thing, how was it? Was your experience? Could you hear from God? And Mark said, you know, I was like, I felt like God said, look at that duck. And I was like, that's Jesus. That's my shepherd. You know why? Jesus is the same today as he was yesterday and he is forever, okay? Jesus is unchanging. Hebrews 13, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the Jesus that we have recorded in the Bible, in the Gospels, is the same Jesus today. Right? That Jesus, our shepherd, would say, you worried? Look at the flowers. Do you remember that? Like, look at the flowers. Look how beautiful they are. Like, if God so chooses to, like, dress with beauty this field, how much more will he dress you and take care of you? You don't need to worry about clothes. Look at the tree. Look at that tree. It's planted near the stream. It doesn't matter if there's drought. It doesn't matter if it's hot or cold because it's next to that stream. Look at it. It's in the middle of a drought, and it's bearing fruit in and out of season in every season. Look at the sheep, right? Look at the sparrow. It always has food to eat. You're worried about where your next meal is going to come from? Look at that sparrow. Look at the lilies. Is that our shepherd? That's Jesus. He's the same today. And when people say stuff like, gosh, I really felt like God was saying, look at that duck, I go, what did he say next? Like, you have to tune your ears to his voice. That sounds like Jesus. Now, if he said, like, well, the duck was like, see, you know, if he came up with some crazy story after that that didn't sound anything like Jesus, I would be like, okay, well, I was wrong. (laughs) And you're wrong. But he didn't. He goes, you know what? It was like, there's all this busyness. There's all these, like, ducks, like, quacking, and they're making a big noise. They're making a show over there, and they're all going, it's all like chaos over there. And this one is like asleep, just peaceful. And he said, I felt like God was saying like, you need to pull yourself out like this little duck, and you need to have a moment with me. Just like pray with me. And I thought, yeah, I mean, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount said like, don't go out there quacking all your prayers, like boasting about how great a prayer you are. Like don't get involved in that. When you pray, just come over here by yourself. Have a peaceful moment in a closet where it's just you and me. You understand what I'm saying? If Jesus was the same then as he is today, he's going to have a similar style. He's going to have a similar presence and personality. There's a substance to him that's like, it's recognizable where you go like, man, that's just like your dad. I hear that and I go, man, that is just like Jesus. And I get the chills, like he's here with us. He's speaking to you right now. What does he have to say? There's a lot of people, you know, like, I feel like the Lord said this, like, I'm supposed to sell everything. And I'm like, well, I mean, I've heard Jesus say that too. That's, that sounds like him. And then they go on to, like, describe a self-indulgent, lifelong vision of vacation and no responsibility, and I'm like, okay, I think we're, we're missing it. That doesn't sound like Jesus, right? Now, if you said, like, I'm going to give this away, I feel like I can live this simple life so I can leverage, you know, the, the low cost of living, and I have more money to bless more people, and I want to be, and like, okay, that sounds like the shepherd. Let's explore that some more. A lot of people say, like, it's like a trump card. Like, well, you can't give them advice because they just said, well, God told me. And you're like, well, I don't know what to do with that because, like, God told me this. And you're like, that sounds foolish. 
but because they felt it in their heart, they believed that it was God, even though it doesn't sound like our shepherd. We gotta, we gotta recognize his voice. Now, here, how do you recognize his voice? You need to spend time with him, you know? There was a you know, time when my kids were on the playground and they were really little and you know, someone's always getting hurt. Somebody always falls off the slide or hits their chin on the ladder or something. So there's always a screaming kid at the playground. And for the most part, you just like talking, you hear a screaming kid. The second it's yours, it's like, that's my kid. And then you just leave the conversation. You go looking for him. Because I've heard that cry every night. I've held that baby as it's crying and tried to calm it. Because I've spent time with Caitlin, when she's crying out there, I recognize that voice. If you don't spend time with God, it's, his voice is indistinguishable from your influencer, from the person that's telling you to go down this path that leads to death. You can't tell the difference between Jesus' voice and that person's voice. And probably you've listened to that person more than you've spent time with Jesus, and their voice starts to sound like the truth that stirs up your desires, and all of a sudden now that voice, that person on my phone is directing my desires towards the treasure that's leading me away from God because I haven't spent time with Jesus. You might say, I'm a new believer. So when you say, like, that sounds like Jesus, that's a duck, I'm like, what is he talking about? (laughs) When did Jesus talk about a duck? It's we have to start in the scriptures. It's almost, I feel like, malpractice for me to give you anything past that because it has to be our measuring tool. Jesus did not tell us to do stuff that contradicts his word. He is the word become flesh. So if he gives us advice, it is not gonna contradict what we have in the Bible. And if you don't know the Bible, easy, You're in community with people that know the Bible. They're made in the image of God. They have the spirit of God indwelling in them, and they know the word of God. Image of God with the spirit of God and the word of God. I'm gonna find you and be like, hey, this is what I think God's telling me. What do you think? I don't know Jesus as well as you know Jesus. Now, here's our sinful heart's desires. This is what we do. I ask the godly people, and consistently they're like, no, I don't think that's what God's telling you. And you're like, you know, I'm not gonna go to them next time. I really feel like God's telling me this, and I'm like, Dan's an immature believer, and I'm like, Dan, what do you think? You think I should do this? And Dan goes, yes. And I'm like, confirmed by the community of Christ right there. (laughs) I've got my guy. If ever I need a head nod, Dan is my guy. And now you're a fool You've passed on wisdom and you're taking advice from a fool and they're affirming the life that leads to death and they're leading you away from the good shepherd's voice that wants to love you and surround you with songs of deliverance and steadfast love and lead you to life, life in the fullest. You gotta spend time with them. Trying to catch up in my notes. There was a a kid that was like, I feel so sick and depressed and it's like I have no energy and I feel like it's because of my sin that God has like made me depressed and it's like he's cursed me. And somebody kind of chimes in like high schoolers do and they're like, bro, that's Satan, man. You can't attribute that to God. And I was like, Slow down. Psalm 23, David had unconfessed sin and he said, it's like my bones are wasting away like in the heat of summer, I thirst and it's like a heavy hand is upon me, I can't even breathe until I confessed my sin to you and you forgave the iniquity of my transgressions. And he goes into this beautiful worship song and I'm like, hey, I don't know if that depression, but when you say it feels like something is weighing you down and pressing you down, man, that sounds like a loving hand of Jesus 
pressing down upon you until you relent and give up and just confess that sin to him. Let's go right now. Let's get on our knees. Let's ask God to reveal in your mind, what is it, Lord, that I can confess to you? We're so quick to jump in there, ignorance on fire, like, that's Satan. It's like, no, that's, actually, that's consistent with Jesus. We got to know him. I went to a lunch. I'm going to do it on time. Okay. I went to a lunch, and there is uh, this world-famous pastor that came through the door. And we're, we're at this lunch to talk about this men's conference. And this dude walks in, and it's about a room this size with pastors from all over the valley. And he walks in, and he has this, like, presence about him. And he, like, rolls up his sleeves when he gets up here, and he's got this, like, nice watch. Now, I don't know watches, but this thing was huge, and it was shiny and gold and sparkly. And I was like, I don't know what that is, but that is an expensive watch. Not that expensive watches are bad. I'm just trying to paint the picture. And he stood up here, and it was like he was bullying us. He was like, if you care about men in your ministry, if you care about Christian men and them becoming godly men, then you'll bring your guys. And he searched like, it was like football coach. Like I thought we were going to film session. He was going to like expose how I missed the block to lose the game or something. Like that was my, that was my high school football experience right there. That was therapy, right? That was just therapy in front of all of you right now. And it was like, I was listening to this guy. I'm like, man, he teaches the Bible really good on the radio. This is not Jesus. I've never seen Jesus use those words. I've never seen Jesus be that manipulative. I've never seen Jesus be that pompous and arrogant. And I remember I like, I listened to this dude. He teaches the truth. I ain't going to that conference. And I remember I left that thing going like, I guess I'm cutting that guy off. That ain't right. I just met the guy. I'm like, that doesn't feel like the shepherd at all. And I went to this small lunch with this guy, Chris Wright. He's a professor. And he had this soft voice. And when you spoke up, and he's like a, he's a uh, professor of Old Testament at a prestigious seminary. And you speak up and you give an answer. And he's like, Brian, that's so good. What you, did you hear? Did you hear what he said? It was like, this guy has heard every smart answer imaginable for 30 years in seminary. He's writing books. And I'm like this, like, I don't know, like, here's an answer. And he's like, Brian, that's so good, Brian. Did you guys hear that? Like, his demeanor, it was like drawing me in. And I'm like, that feels like Jesus. I got really into politics when I was in, in my 20s. Remember, I'd come home and I would just rant. I would just like rant. It was, it was like the election time and I'm like going off and my wife's like, I don't know if what you're saying is right or wrong, but you're an a-hole, you know? And she didn't say a-hole. She was like, you are so arrogant. It's like I let someone into my life and I followed someone as my shepherd that wasn't Jesus, and I began to imitate his life. We gotta pay attention to not only the teachings, but also the posture, the tone, the presence of the voices that we're listening to. Like, there's a lot of people that are probably saying some decent things, but they're arrogant, they're divisive, and they're a part of the problem. We don't follow them because they have the right words, we follow the good shepherd, and we're gonna recognize his character in the people that are speaking his words. I'm going to jump ahead. You got to know his teaching. Here's, here's a few things. I, a, a lady said, hey, I feel like, um, I'm going to counseling. She's like, I feel like I'm in a dark, I'm just like in darkness. And the Lord has finally given me a light. And he told me, go towards the light. And I'm like, light and darkness? That Jesus talks about that. Yeah, what, that might be Jesus. What, what? What's the light? Well, it's to leave my husband. And I was like, okay, well, has, has he been unfaithful to you? No. Uh, has he abused you? No. Do you feel like he's like really 
manipulate. I mean, wh- like, what is it? She's like, he's just kind of like giving up on life, and he's just kind of like a deadbeat, and he just doesn't kind of, he doesn't do the chores, and he doesn't do the thing. And, and, and I was like, all right, listen, I know this feels dark, and he's sinning against you. He's not loving you, but whatever you just said is the light. That is not Jesus, because that contradicts his teaching. What you're saying is God's voice is contradicting what God actually said and is recorded in the scriptures. So we gotta know his teachings. If, if you hear somebody and your friend is like, you know what, that's messed up. You, he shouldn't have done that to you. You know what you should do? And if anything comes out of their mouth but forgiveness is probably not Jesus. Like if they're stirring up your bitterness you have a fire of hurt. You've been hurt by their sin and they just took gasoline and went like, and now you're like, I'm gonna tear that person's head off. Right? That ain't Jesus. Vengeance over forgiveness, that's not Jesus. If it's about immediate pleasure now over long-term faithful rewards that happen in heaven or down the road, immediate over the long term, that's not Jesus. That's not what he taught. Everything in the Sermon Mount is like, forego the immediate for the long term. You gotta know his voice. If, you, if there's something that is like money over people, that's probably not Jesus. If there's something that's like affirming something that God would caution you against, that's probably not Jesus. It doesn't match up with his teachings. If it's something that's gonna lift you up and put others down, disadvantage others so that you get advantage, that's not his style. He laid down his life so that we, others, could be lifted up. That's his style. So if you're saying like, man, I feel like God's speaking and he's saying this, and you're like, wait, wait a sec. In that business deal, this just happened to my wife last night. In that business deal, there was an opportunity where you could leverage in the, in the real estate transaction to take advantage of somebody so that your client could take it, you know, have the benefit. Just like, okay, well, what do we, what do, we do? We like take advantage of the people because they don't have the power? Like, that doesn't, that doesn't feel like Jesus. Now there's a negotiation with this person to try and figure out, like, what does it look like? to act justly in that, in that uh, situation. Okay. Pay attention to timing. This matters a lot. We've got about five minutes. Pay attention to timing. If you're praying for encouragement, this is a friend of mine, and I don't know, did he, he's in this room, did he tell this story yet? Corey, did you tell this story yet? Praying for encouragement, and you look at your voicemail? Okay, so he shared this, right? The timing of, of Corey really feeling down and praying for some encouragement or hearing God's voice say, are you open to some encouragement? And then coming back, finding his phone, and he plays a voicemail from Matthew, and Matthew is just like showering him with, him in the prayer space right now, I felt like God put on my heart that I was supposed to give you some encouragement and here it is, boom, 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 and he just lays out five, eight minutes of encouragement, right? The timing of that situation is we have to pay attention to that. I woke up at two in the morning one morning, and I felt like the word Gideon came to my mind, and I was like, first of all, I don't wake up and have a word on my mind, but at two in the morning, it was like, why am I thinking about Gideon? So I get in my Bible, I'm like doing a search, where's Gideon, Judges 7, I read the whole story, I'm like, okay, Lord, what do you want to tell me about this? I show up at work that day, we do a, a Bible study, Paul Artino, our pastor's leading the staff, and he's like, we're going to go through the Hall of Fame of Faith, it starts with Gideon. And I was like, what'd you just say? The timing of that was too much to ignore. I got to lean in. I think Jesus is about to speak right now. He just said Gideon. I get out of there. I'm telling my wife that night. It was crazy. It was like I came into work. First thing out of Paul's mouth was Gideon. Remember how I told you I was up last night? She's like, oh, that's right. Okay, let's watch that Hallmark movie I've been dreading watching. 
She's been asking me for a month to watch this movie, and I'm like, I can't do it. I can't watch Hallmark. I can't do it. <laughs> Tonight, it was like the spirit was like, you can do it. You can watch Hallmark. By your power, I can watch this. Turn it on. No kidding. First scene, the kid walks in, and they're like, Gideon, get out of here. And I was like, er? You've been wanting to watch this for a month, and I finally said yes on the day after the Lord woke me up with Gideon. I walk in, I'm talking to Enoch. Has Enoch taught here? Enoch, we're like vibing on ministry. He's talking about Malawi. I'm talking about what I want to do in youth, and it's just like this, like he is doing the African stomp, like clap, and he's like dancing, and I'm like, I don't know what's happening, but this is like a good connection. He's like, I know the name of this ministry. It came to me Tuesday night, and I texted it to my friend Levi. And I'm like, what is it? Gideon. They're the Gideonites. The timing of that story is undeniably the shepherd's voice. We have to pay attention to those moments. Now you go like, wow, that doesn't happen to me. Me neither. That's why it was crazy. It was like the Lord right now with the timing of how this is laying out is I have to lean in. We have to recognize his voice through his teaching, his posture, the way his personality emanates. And we go like, that's him. And we got to pay attention to the timing of how things are coming. And we got to put it before people, godly people, and ask them, what do you think about this? I feel like God's telling me this. What do you think? Like these are the ways that we try and hear the shepherd's voice. And in like anything... If you practice, if you become familiar with it, if you seek, if you're paying attention, you will begin to hear his voice stronger than you do today. I'm going to go back to, I think, the biggest obstacle is, is what I started with. Do you trust the good shepherd? Do you want to hear his voice? Or would you rather follow your desire to your treasure? Would you rather follow the people that are affirming your every whim and, and allow you to go into foolish foolishness? I think the question, the reason I started with the good shepherd is like, do you trust his voice? And if you do, we make it a practice to try and listen to his voice. So the last thing, I'm not going to go into these. Where do you find Jesus? If he was the same yesterday as he is today and he is forever, where was he back then? Where did he hang out? Can anyone give me like a, I remember when he hung out at whatever. Can you, at the leper's house. At the leper's house. Jesus was constantly around people that were sick, in need, and desperate. Was he not? If he was that way yesterday, he's that way today. You want to hear Jesus' voice? It's probably not when you surround yourself with constant wealth, constant high status, constant position. I'm just telling you, when you get around low status, infants, children, needy, uh, my wife's grandma died yesterday. And if you're ever around like hospice in those last moments, I swear to you, crazy stuff happens. Like you hear things and you see things that you don't normally because it's like you're with somebody who's at the lowest, like the lowest, lowest, lowest moment. And I believe Jesus is there in that moment with grandma. And so when stuff comes out of your, her mouth, I'm like leaning in. My little girl, we went into the forest and we're like taking a walk and I said, I hear what we're going to do. We're like, one of the things where Jesus was is he'd go up a mountain. Can you guys recognize that? It says, as was his pattern, as was his habit, he left and went up the hill to pray. So I'm like, Katie, we're going to go up a hill and pray and let's like just be quiet and just think and let God speak to you and just like we'll share it Look at, look at the forest. What is he telling you? About 40 minutes, we're just like quiet. 
just enjoying silence. We've never done this before. And I'm like, all right, what did God say? He's like, Dad, I don't know. I, this is weird. But I was looking at that big tree, and I was like, God does amazing, big, brilliant stuff. And he does it at a pace that you can't even see. His pace is slow. But eventually it's going to look like that. And I was like, er? <laughs> like, I didn't get that from like theologian, right? I got that from a child. I was like, where does Jesus hang out with the needy, with the low, low status? If you don't spend enough time around those people and if you're constantly ascending to the heights, it's gonna be harder to hear Jesus' voice. He was up the hill, he was alone with his father, getting away. Today, Mark Kendrick, or yesterday, Mark Kendrick and I went to the park, wilderness, riparian preserve, and like, let's just go out there for an hour. Why? Because that's what Jesus did. He took his disciples out, away from everything, to be silent and listen. So let's do that. And we came back really feeling refreshed, surprised that we went where he was and we heard from him. And the last one is primarily in the word. You want to hear from God? He is the word become flesh. Don't just become a student of this. Listen to him. Shema him. This is where he's at. You can meet with him. And there's a, there's a story in the, in the Gospels when after Jesus' resurrection, this couple is walking and Jesus starts walking with them and they don't recognize him. And Jesus starts unpacking the old, whole Old Testament and how everything was leading to him. And then when Jesus leaves, they were like, when he was, when he was unpacking the scriptures, didn't we feel a fire inside of us? Weren't, weren't our hearts on fire? So when you're reading the scriptures and you feel someone is sharing scripture and you're like, man, that is hitting different. Er? Jesus is speaking. You hear his voice. My prayer is that it becomes normative. Corey and I laugh because whenever we have one of these moments, we're like, dude, God spoke last night. Check this out. You know? And then he's got this friend that's just kind of like, God is always speaking, you know? And then he's like, I'm calling my friend. Dude, this week, God spoke to me. <laughs> and he's like, oh, once? <laughs> yeah. Like, our desire is that we'd be so tuned into his voice that it becomes almost normative. Yeah, what you said right there, I think that's Jesus. Sounds just like him. Let's do that. Not like, all right, look at that duck. Oh, isn't that cool? God spoke. He said, be like a duck and go pray. Did you pray? Well, no, I just thought it was cool that he spoke to me. Shema. Go pray. Get away from all these ducks. <laughs> go be the peaceful duck and pray. That's what Jesus told you to do. Let me pray for you guys. Father, tune our ears to your voice. There are so many challenges already faced. There are so many challenges represented in this room. And Lord, you know the end of these stories and you know there are challenges ahead. And you know the voices that will speak into our lives that lead us astray. You know the heart's desire and where we put our treasure and how that will lead us on a highway to hell. I pray, Father, the good shepherd, you would make your voice clear. That like the shepherd that walks into the gate and like does his whistle and all of his sheep stand up. Lord, you say that your sheep hear your voice and follow and you take them to green pastures. You make them lie down near still waters. You prepare a table before them in the presence of their enemies and surely goodness and mercy will follow those sheep all the days of their life, and they will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Even though now we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil because our shepherd is with us, and we will shema through the challenges of life. 
and we will get to experience the fullest life. Holy Spirit, come and speak to us. Take uh, just a second, and I just want you to be quiet. And we're gonna start where I think Jesus starts with just like, ask God, like Lord, right now, in, in these people's minds, what is the sin that they need to confess to you right now? Lord, bring it to the surface now. My guess is he gave you something. John says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive those sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. I want you to just confess, just bring it to God. He died on the cross for that. His blood has shed for that, for the forgiveness of sins. Just agree with him and give it to him. Ask for forgiveness. Lord, what is the thing that might not be sin, like we're committing sin, but what is the thing that we know we ought to be doing and we're not doing? We just bring it up in our minds right now. Like, what do you want us to do, Lord? What are the things we know in our head, but we don't shema, we don't do? Holy Spirit, give us the strength and the courage and the discipline to follow through on that. Lord, who do you want us to bless? Who needs a blessing right now? I want you to pull to their minds a name. It might not even make sense to us, Lord. Just bring a name to our mind of somebody that needs to be blessed by you. Lord, what do you want us to do? We have the name. Lord, what do you want us to do? What kind of blessing? The blessing might not make sense to you. I'm going to challenge you to be courageous. Shema. You want to see the hand of the shepherd work. You ask him to speak, and when he speaks, you assume it's his voice, and you bless. You assume it's his voice that brought up sin, and you confess. Father, as we uh, worship now, um, I pray the ministry of the Holy Spirit would continue through our singing. That we'd feel your, your presence, we'd experience your voice, and that you would speak to us. Well, thank you for being a good shepherd. Guys, come follow me, is what he's saying. Let's follow. <laughs>